Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. Um, This will be our last recording for 2018, uh, the last published recording anyway. So we look forward to seeing you all again in the new year. I wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, uh, whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope that you do it with family and that you enjoy some time off over the holiday season. So um, thank you again for joining us for our first year of the podcast, and we're so excited to see what 2019 holds. Uh, Moving on to today's show, I am joined by Pam Danziger. She is a luxury researcher, marketer, um, all-around genius in the realm of spending and um, sort of noticing trends uh, throughout the generations. Uh, She runs Unity Marketing Online. She is a regular Forbes contributor. She is a speaker for various engagements. Um, And we were just so thrilled that she would stop by um, and join us on this little podcast that we have. So I hope you enjoy the show with Pam. She does mention at the end where you can find her. She's published a few books as well. So please uh, make sure you listen to that at the end if you wanted to follow up on anything else. And once again, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Pam Danziger. Uh, We're so happy to have you with us today, Pam. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm going to let Pam introduce herself in a minute. Um, But she is... Uh, works a lot with the American Affluent. She ha- does a lot of research in the field, and she is just a great uh, mind to have on the show to speak about how people are spending their money these days, where they're spending money, and some of the luxury travel trends that she's seeing for the future. So we're honored to have you here, Pam, and I'm going to let you do a little intro for yourself so I don't take too much time. So thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I, I really appreciate uh talking with you today. Uh, I'm president of Unity Marketing. I founded it in 1992. And I, I primarily, my first book was about why people buy things they don't need. So I've always focused on on discretionary purchases. In about 2002, I started to shift my focus more toward the people who have more money than anybody else to spend on things that they don't need. And that is the American affluent, who are, in fact, the world's most empowered consumer market. So that's been my focus primarily for the last, um, you know, nearly uh, 15, 20 years is really looking and focusing on affluent consumers, what they want, why they buy, what they buy. And um, again, it travel as a category of uh, discretionary purchases is very important to this, this high earning, um, high spending consumer. And you must have seen that, you, you know, you're saying you've been in here for a couple of decades. That must have changed quite a bit. I mean, we've had a few crashes in that time and the government changes quite a bit. And with that, different spending habits come in. What What is your biggest change that you think you've noticed from when you first started and, and say where we are today? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's been a, a, a huge paradigm shift in the consumer market and you know everybody talks about it is the 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 impact of digital and and online spending and online communication that has been most profound but you know 
but that aside, I mean, that talks to consumer behavior specifically. And what I focus on is consumer motivation. I mean, the psychology, because psychology in the consumer is pretty well fixed. You, you don't uh, start out in, as one personality and then change, uh, once you earn more money, change into some other kind of person. I mean, really, the psychology underlines the consumer no matter how much money they have to spend. And for me, the biggest change I have seen is the shift toward, from, from indulgence and buying things to own things and to have things and to spend on things and show the things that you have to, to a, a, a emphasis on experiences and, and transforming yourself and, and becoming, uh, achieving uh, experiences, achieving things that you do rather than things that you buy. So it's really been a real mammoth change or significant underlying change in the consumer, not to own things, but to experience things. And that, that talks to the growing interest in travel. Yeah, I think we were, um, we've discussed, um, you know, we've done some work with you over the years. And, you know, it used to be, especially you're, you're up north in the States, I'm in Canada, and that's very, a very big sign of you making it at one point would have been, you know, you had a couple of homes, maybe you had a summer cottage that you went to or a ski chalet or something. And I think now you've noticed people don't want that second home necessarily. I mean, the very affluent probably have it already, but that's not the goal anymore. It's more so, like you say, the experiential side of things. It's less owning, more doing. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact is the ultimate luxury for anybody is time. And the more stuff you own, the more homes you have, the more cars you drive. I mean, the more time you have to spend in just attending to them and caring for those things that you own. So as we're seeing the, the consumer market, they're really opting for saving time um, to to have, you know, and to use their time and invest their time more um, for more rewards. And travel, of course, is one of those things. I mean, as is other kinds of experiences as well. Mm -hmm. And something that you've worked a lot on, and you can tell everyone about it now too, is your, um, where you're seeing the biggest um, spend, I guess, in the experiential realm is with your Henry's. And can you just explain a little bit about what Henry stands for and, and what they want out of their experiences now? Yes, the, the Henry stands for the high earners, not rich yet. And I've just written a new book called Meet the Henrys. These are the, the specifically the millennials Henrys that have money to spend. And that's, that's the focus of, of so much of my work. If we look at the Henrys, they, they are at the top 70, the 75th percentile in terms of income. So they have incomes from about 100,000 to about 250,000. So they're really at the top 75 percentile to about the 96th percentile. They make up about 24% of the total consumer market. And this is, this is based on U.S. data. But I'm sure it's the same in Canada, very similar in Canada. They make up about 24% of the total consumer market, yet they account in total for about 40% of total U U.S. consumer spending. Mm -hmm. The ultra-affluence people with, you know, who are rich, um, even though some of we could we could argue about that, but people who have incomes of two hundred fifty thousand and above, I mean, they're bringing in a quarter of a million dollars a year. Yeah. Um, they they only account for about ten percent of the total 
um, consumer market simply because there's only there's just shy of five million of them. With the Henrys, there are so many more of them, which accounts for so, their significant. Um, spending power as a group. So these are the consumers that I, I call the heavy lifters. And basically, the luxury consumer market looks down on Henry's as being, you know, not there yet. And mass market brands look at these Henry's as maybe being too affluent for them. But yet they really are in the sweet spot in terms of the consumer market. And they're largely unexplored and, un- and not understood. And right now, because the millennials have, um, you know, they, they came into the marketplace <coughs> when they, you know, during the recession, <coughs> excuse me, they graduated from college, didn't really pick up jobs at, at any fast pace, but now they've begun to hit their stride. They've reached 38 years old, the, the, the leading edge. So these consumers now are really starting to pick up their spending power and their pace, and that's why, you know, I think that 2019, 2020 is going to be the year of the Henrys, where they really start to exert influence and power in the consumer marketplace. Okay, and you were saying that they, they maybe don't make as much as the next level up, but would their spending habits? keep them from ever reaching that goal or are they earning at such a rate that they're eventually going to surpass, you know, the ones that you're saying that that maybe make a quarter of a million and they're not quite there yet, but they're spending a lot of money. So it's just that there's a lot of people. It's not that they're going to spend their way out of their own income kind of thing and run out of cash or do you see them carrying on? Well, what what you need to understand about and look at the lifespan of a consumer um, is that every everyone who reaches ultra affluent levels of income, you know, unless you inherit your money, start out as Henrys because the, you start making you know between a hundred and two hundred fifty thousand dollars, maybe not even in your first or your second job, but once you start really kind of of gaining some some um, you know growth in terms of your your career path. Not all Henrys are going to become ultra affluent, by the way. And I think it's very important to recognize Mm -hmm. that they're making, you know, they may have the potential to be ultra affluent, but many of them may decide for lifestyle factors not to even go for that, for that brass ring, simply because it's going to take a lot of time and, and they're going to opt for, and that's one of the things that's unique and special about these millennials, is they are in fact opting for more quality time rather than just, uh, you know, giving, giving their heart, soul, and, and all of their time to growing their, their income. So all, all ultra-affluents start out as Henry's. Not all Henry's reach ultra-affluent levels of income. Okay, that's a good way to put it. And I think that's probably why you're saying in some ways the ultra-affluent maybe look down on them because it is, it's such a contrast, isn't it? Even, you know, I'm in my early 30s, so I, I fall somewhere in there in these Gen, Gen X, Gen Y, millennials. And they, it's such a different lifestyle now that we do lead. Our jobs are very different. Um, <laughs> You know, mental health is a big thing now. So we're talking about burnouts and these. And I can see the older generation sort of looking at us thinking, "What? this is crazy. And I like that you do the psychology of things because it's interesting to see not only their spending habits, but, you know, the mentality behind it all. It's not just we have cash, we want to blow it. But what makes them want to spend in that way, which is, right. is very interesting. And like you say, I don't think many people are talking about it, especially with that, that Henry generation. Well, you know, it's interesting because I'm a baby boomer and and I I have children that are Henry's 
And, you know, and I think there's a certain amount for boomers, a certain amount of envy for the younger generation that is actually making different decisions than we did. And, and you know, again, I mean, the, the cliche is that nobody says, you know, on their deathbed, I wish I had worked more. Mm. I think that, that baby boomers recognize that there is more to life than just making a whole lot of money. And you want to really, you know, and yes, the baby boomers have given a lot to their children, but at the same time, you know, they, they, they maybe would, if, you know, looking back, would have made different decisions in terms of their lifestyle than they ultimately made. Yeah. And then I guess that also begs the question, would they be where they ended up, though? And then some of those baby boomers, like you say, yourself, have Henrys. So those, they almost couldn't have become a Henry without right. the, the baby boomers working the way they did, right? Right. And, you know, again, another important factor is that these Henrys, that's an income demographic. It really has nothing to do with age. So a lot of ultra-affluent baby boomers who were earning a lot of money once they retire and start, you know, pulling from from um, their their retirement accounts and Social Security and so on, actually move back to Henry um, levels of income. That that means they mean they may have significant amounts of wealth, but they're going to they start you know at, at retirement, affluent consumers. No matter how affluent they are, often, you know, they will downscale, sell, you know, their homes, move into smaller homes, and start, you know, start spending in, in many ways like younger Henry's too. Okay. <laughs> so that's interesting too, isn't it? The way it goes almost a full circle and then, but it, we're seeing it, um, I'm not sure I can touch on this, so do let me know. But when we talked before, you did some stuff with Oceanscape Yachts about, you know, different generations and, and how they spend. And um, you were seeing, especially in, in our industry with yachting, you'll get a lot of people who book a vacation with a multi-generational. So either the grandparents are helping to pay for it, or now even we're seeing these younger you know, 40-odd-year-olds who will take their parents on vacation with their kids. Um, so is that something that's also helping to bridge that gap a little bit where they're less, less things, more time? So a vacation that we can all do together and experience and make memories versus buying something else that's just going to sit in the driveway or, you know, another property that you say that you don't have time to actually go visit. So are you seeing that come together a little bit more because of how they spend differently? You know, I think that there is no question that this multi-generational um, travel experience is a ch huge opportunity that's going to bridge the gap between the baby boomers and the millennial generation. <clears throat> and that's because, one, we're, we are all living longer. But if you look at the baby boomer generation, they are more active, they are more healthy, um, and they are, you know, really want to engage with their children and their grandchildren and the, with their lives. I mean, I, I look at myself now and compare myself to my mother at my age. And, I mean, she was an old lady. And I'm not an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, just, it's just a totally different kind of mindset. And frankly, my, my, uh, my son and his wife have taken, for the last two years, have taken us on vacation and paid for, you know, paid for our vacation. Why? 
because we they get a night out and we babysit and and it, for me it's a delight you yeah. know and I I you know it's just it's it's it really is a really powerful um, opportunity for travel companies to think beyond the nuclear family to a more extended family and there is a tremendous amount of of opportunity there and and again. Baby boomers are not as active as young people. I mean, we simply can't do the things that we could do at 20 and 30, but yet we're significantly more active than, um, than, than our parents' generation were, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Yes, I think everyone's a little bit more aware of health and fitness and, and wellness, and I think it's definitely a, a hot topic more than yeah. it ever would have been in the past. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you say, it's just things are just shifting in general, right? So with those Henrys, maybe they're not having kids as young, so it's not family vacation. I'm obviously speaking mostly about vacations, but they're spending money with friends or for experiences as a group and less as the nuclear family, like you're saying as well. So that's going to be changing. Right. And I, and I think that this, you know, the, the trend toward young people, I mean, you know, maybe even before they're married, traveling and vacationing with, with friends is also, you know, the, what they call the families you choose rather than the yeah. families you, you know, you're born to. Yeah. That also yeah. is a very big trend and something that um, I think that, that travel marketers like Oceanscapes can definitely take advantage of, particularly, you know, one Henry, you know, a couple of Henry's making a hundred and a hundred fifty thousand dollars a year maybe in themselves can't afford um a super yacht vacation but together they can pool their their money and do it and and have a great time yeah and it also has that um you know the other generational thing is obviously everything's on instagram and you've got like the travel envy so it's feeding into that drive to, you know, show that we're splashing out a little bit and, you know, the, the treat yourself generation and everything else. So I think it's definitely, again, it's so different than it would have been 20 years ago, but it's moving right. in a way. Right, right. Yeah. I, and I, I think, I mean, it's, I think it's an extremely exciting time now for people in the travel market. But I think that they just need to open their eyes toward the bigger opportunities that maybe, you know, that rep, that, rep, that the Henrys represent. It's not just the super wealthy who, you know, want, want to have every minute of their vacation planned and handled by professionals. The Henrys are just one, you know, one step down in terms of income, but they have a tremendous desire to see the world, travel the world, and experience all kinds of things. So it's a, it's a huge opportunity yeah. for travel marketers today. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it changes over you know, when Uber first came out and then Airbnb and now you're getting all these different, you know, like, like Oceanscape is trying to do as well. So it's just, it's interesting to see what shift will happen next in terms of how we do take vacations and, and how we do spend money in our downtime. Right. I think we were going to travel further afield. We're going to want to go to places that, that other people haven't seen. We're going to want to, you know, we're, we're going to, we want, we want to hit the bucket list locations yeah. <laughs> before we're 70, yeah. you know, uh, you know, in your thirties, you want to, you want to hit that. So I think that, you know, the wider, the, the, the more expansive you can think and the more, um, the, the broader you can think and the wider you can think, um, there's going to be a niche for so many marketers, travel marketers in those particular segments. 
the thing is, you know, you really want to kind of, you know, you want to specialize, but specialize in new and different ways. I mean, everybody's, you know, maybe not everybody, but most people have stayed at a Four Seasons hotel. I mean, that's not the experience they're looking for. They're looking yeah. for something really unique and different and special that they can, that give them bragging rights and, and make them feel good that they've done, explored something that nobody else has really seen yet. None of their circle of friends. Yeah. I think that trend is really, it, like you say, it's going to pop and it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And I'm, I'm excited to be involved in it in some way. So, um, I just wanted to make sure though, before we sign off that everyone knows where to find you and you mentioned your book, so it, it's come out and where can they find the book if they want it? Well, I'm I'm waiting for for copies to come from my publisher right now. Okay. But I guess the official publication date is in January. It's called Meet the Henrys, uh, the the millennials uh, with that matter most to luxury brands. So it's all about the Henrys. I look at the demographics of the Henrys. I look at the at the purchase behavior, and I look at the psychographics, the psychology of these consumers, and then I I profile various brands and there's I've got to count them but there's a whole lot of case studies of brands that have have really been able to connect successfully with the, with these Henrys. Okay, great. We look forward to to getting it. I'm getting my copy in January. And Thank in, you. in the meantime, uh your website or any social media, like where can people yeah. find you if they want to know more? Well, my website is <clears throat> unitymarketingonline.com. So I have a weekly newsletter and you can sign up for that and a number of white papers there. I'm also a Forbes.com contributor in the retail space. I don't get a lot to chance to, to write a lot about travel, but I do write about what's going on with the, with this, the consumers, the affluent consumers in, in Forbes.com. And I did, I did write a story about, um, shop, shopper tourism so that was that was something about about the tide retail and uh, travel together okay great all right well thank you so much pam i've really appreciated your time and it's been very interesting to hear about the psychology behind spending and, and i hope everyone else has had a good time with it um and hopefully everyone will follow up and and go buy the book and check your website out thank you so much thank you rebecca i enjoyed talking to you thanks for tuning in to see the world differently until next time, keep daydreaming.